Welcome to the Plymouth Meeting Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope the following message touches your hearts and minds. Hey there, you're about to listen to a live raw recording of one of our outdoor worship services. So just to give you a heads up, you might hear some wind and some birds in the background. Go ahead and enjoy. God bless. Yes, uh, Jess and I just got back from a week-long trip to the beach. We had a great time. I got to go flounder fishing, and I caught keeper. 17 inch 17 and one quarter inch flounder it's a big fish so that was uh that was pretty exciting i haven't caught a keeper flounder maybe i don't think i maybe ever in my life so um that's that's exciting caught a couple croaker and all of that down in the bay uh, we, we had a great a great time uh, if i look a little tan uh we also had a wonderful times at the beach my nose is peeling a little bit but you guys are backed away i don't know if you can see that um we'll see what happens if i my face just starts shredding here um all right so yeah it's it's 2021 and uh you know 2021 is the extension of 2020 right as we we keep looking at the signs and and the times of what's going on in our world what we've gone through the last year through this year, there's political drama going on basically in every country. Uh, Afghanistan, of course, and Ida, Haiti, pandemic, right? This world is filled with a lot of mixture. We, we zoom down into our little, our little tribe and, you know, we're, we're looking for a worship leader and we're so excited about children's ministry expansion and, and uh, ministry council nominations and like God, God's on the move here. And, and uh, it's just uh, that the world that we live in we're, we're part of the global tribe, but also super local as well, and, and balancing all of that sometimes. It's, it's a lot of mixture, a lot of mixture. The, the 2020 Olympics were a couple, they just finished up a, a couple weeks ago, uh, and uh, United States won 113 medals in total, and uh, we, we brought home the most medals, so, you know, go, go America, that's, that's a lot. Uh, but I do want to shout out to New Zealand. Uh, has anybody ever been to New Zealand by any chance? Yeah? All right. Very cool. I, I, I want to go there someday. That's where they, they filmed uh, Lord of the Ring, Rings movies and The Hobbits and all of that. But uh, New Zealand brought home 20 medals at the Olympics. Okay. Now, 20 doesn't sound like much compared to our 113. But when you consider medals per capita... Like, New Zealand did really good. That's like Kentucky bringing home 20 medals at the Olympics. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the, the Olympics. Um, something else that was strange about the 2020 Olympics being played out in 2021 uh, is that there were no spectators. All right? Another twist. Yet again, another, another fact about what's so weird about the times we, we live in is that there was no fans there. No spectators. And I recently heard a pastor uh, kind of use this as a metaphor. Uh, he, he compared the 2020 Olympics to the American church or, or vice versa. You know, even pandemic aside, 
there's plenty of churchgoers who are simply just spectators. That when things get tough or busy or, you know, things aren't just, you know, meeting your preferences, it's so easy to, to just check out. And so they, they, they treat gathering uh, together like a church. They, they, they kind of treat that like the, the 2020 Olympics where, again, like no spectators. It's, it's only the athletes who show up. But, of course, as you know, you know, last year, this year, the church never stopped. Church doesn't stop because church is people, right? Church is people, amen? And, and what happens is, is what we saw is that th- there is a faithful crew. There are those in the church who really understand that church does not stop. They really understand that, that church uh, is not, you know, they, they don't want to be spectators because it's the athletes who show up. It's the athletes who show up in the hard times and, and they want to get things done. And they want to see God's kingdom expand. And it is the athletes who are showing up. And I say, church, let's, let's be the athletes. Let's continue to be the athletes who show up, who compete together as a team, as a local tribe in this global world. It's not about perfection, but it's about progress and togetherness. And we're here. Like, like this is our church. God put us here for a reason. Right here in Germantown, like, we're together. Hebrews 10, 25 says, encourage one another. Like, don't, don't stop meeting up. There's such a community focus from, the, from our Bibles. And you know what? Together as a team, we're all running in the same direction. We're actually running to a person. Our prize is a person. It's, it's Jesus Christ. So here we are. It's the end of, of August, August 21. And in four months, it's going to be Christmas. Anybody excited for Christmas <laughs> in four months? It's, it's going to go quick, right? Um, you know, we, we talk about Christmas a lot in, a, in our expression of Christianity. I mean, once a year, right? We have Advent and, and Christmas and the holidays, the, the whole decoration feel to it. We like talking about Jesus's second, or excuse me, Jesus's first arrival, uh, but we struggle sometimes talking about Jesus's second arrival, Jesus's second coming. Luke nineteen ten says, "For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost." Jesus came. We celebrate this, right? Christmas time. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Saved from what? Sin. We need to be delivered. A book that I was reading and it helped me fill out my thoughts and give me some outline for today. Uh, this book uh, gave, gave this reminder that in Christ, we were saved from the penalty of sin. That's called justification. In Christ, we are being saved from the power of sin. That's happening right now. That's called sanctification. And in Christ, we will be saved from all the presence of sin. And that's called glorification. That, that someday in the future, we will be in glory. All, all sin, every ounce of sin will be wiped away. It will be gone forever. And all of this is made possible by what Jesus did on the cross. The cross is so central to our theology, to our doctrine. We are uh, 
evangelical congregational church, evangelical. We, we are people of the good news. And what's the good news is we look to the cross. It is what Jesus has done on the cross, a cross and an empty tomb. And in 1 Corinthians 1, Paul addresses this. Let me grab my, my Bible here. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, Paul says the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For, that, for us who are in this sanctification process, this, this mixture of trying to figure things out in the name of Jesus, through the power of Jesus, the, the message of the cross is the power of God for us who are being saved. And after kind of expounding all of his thoughts in this, in this section in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul says this in, in verse 30. Because of God, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Did you hear that? Righteousness, sanctification and redemption. It's all about Jesus. Jesus is our past. Jesus is our present. Jesus is our Future. Jesus is our righteousness. Jesus is our holiness, our sanctification. Jesus is our redemption. Someday we will be fully redeemed, standing in glory. And again, the cross is so central to our theology here. The cross is so important to, to what we talk about and how we, how we frame our thinking and our preaching and our, our, te- our teaching. The author of Hebrews talks about Jesus being our high priest. Hebrews, we, we call it Hebrews. Guess who it was written to? It was written to a bunch of Hebrews, Jews. The, and, and so they're using this Old Testament imagery and, and they're using a lot of Old Testament connections trying to talk about Jesus and, and atonement. And, and by using Old Testament sacrificial imagery, the author of Hebrews, uh, they, they explain that it is through Jesus's sacrifice on the cross. It's by the shedding of his own blood. He obtained eternal redemption for all people. And the author of Hebrews, after after kind of filling out their thoughts, in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28, it says, Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, he will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. What that means is Jesus will come back to complete what he started 2,000 years ago. To put it into relational terms, the, the, the broken relationship that's between us and God, us and each other, and us and the rest of creation, all of that will finally be healed. All of it. Everything will be healed. And the good news is the, the race that we run This life of of mixture, this life of pain and joy, confusion and blessedness, this life of mixture, this race that we run, it doesn't last forever. Someday there will be rest. There will be rest. We look forward to that. 
If you don't mind, let's turn to Philippians chapter 3. That's where we're at today. Philippians chapter 3. In verse 8, Paul kind of gives this, I believe it's a, it's a one of his long run-on sentences in, in Greek. But he talks about knowing Jesus. But uh, Philippians chapter 3, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with verse 8 here. Indeed, I count everything as a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. So, so going back to, to that word, no, he, Paul wants to know Jesus, knowing Jesus. What that means is letting go of our past, letting go of our credentials and throwing all of our boastings into the garbage can. We don't have to cling to our own righteousness, Paul says. We get to cling to Jesus. We get to cling to Jesus. We can get really clingy, all right? In this relationship, it's okay to get super clingy to Jesus. He is the perfect human. And you know what, Paul, as he, as he, he reflects on himself, Paul knows he is so far from being perfect. I mean, this is the apostle Paul. Like, just to have a conversation with him would be amazing. Like, Paul, Paul's one of our heroes, right? Knows his Bible, great theologian, church planner. He's also a tent maker, so that's kind of cool. Paul, though, he, I mean, he, he knows he, he is not perfect. And he, he goes on. He, he's like, I, I haven't a, obtained perfection. Check out verse 12. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect. But I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think in this way. And if in anything... You do think, if you think otherwise, God will reveal that to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. All right. Paul knows, once again, he is not perfect, but he knows Jesus, who is perfect. He has obtained Jesus. And he just wants to know Jesus. He wants Jesus to shape his mind, his thinking. And you know what? Uh, shaping our, our mind, shaping our mind, that involves knowing Jesus. And guess what? Shaping our mind also involves knowing how to forget the things you need to forget. I think sometimes we, we remember the things uh, that we're not supposed to remember, right? But, but there are certain things we are to remember, but absolutely God gives us permission. He's like, he's like, yes, there are things in your past. Let them go. You got you to learn how to forget. Shaping our mind involves forgetting. All right? Forget 
What is behind, Paul says. One commentator uh, writes, We cannot change the past, but we can change the meaning of the past. That if you do have to go back in time and remember, you take Jesus with you. You forget what's behind and you reach forward to what's ahead. Almost like an athlete. All right. So again, we have to think about the, the, the Olympics here. Think, think about those, those runners. Did you catch any of them on the track? Some of those runners, are, they're so fast. They're all fast, really. But you know what? Have you ever seen an Olympic runner just like staring off into the stands as they're running? Have you ever seen that? No, that, that would be just wrong. Like, it's like the biggest race ever. And if someone's just jogging along, looking at different things, thinking about what's for dinner, I mean, like, like that's not what an Olympic athlete, <laughs> that's not what they do. Like, that would be so wrong. An Olympic athlete, their eyes are forward. They are so serious. They are pushing and they are running. They are running so fast, right? And so that's kind of like, as, as we shape our, our thinking, pursue Jesus. Keep our focus forward. The upward call of God. And like an athlete, let, let, let our passion be the pursuit of the winner's platform. We, we want to make it to the finish line. And so church, let our, let our minds be shaped by this kind of thinking, by, by this kind of victory, this type of athletic discipline, right? You want to make it to the finish line. And, and, and when those athletes make it there, they're not leaning back and just kind of with like some, some swagger crossing the finish line. That's not what they're doing. When they get to the finish line, they're stretching forward, right? Every ounce of who they are, they are reaching forward. They are pressing forward. Stretch for that goal, church. That's the attitude. That's the discipline. Verse 17, brothers and sisters, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many uh, for many of whom I have often told you now, uh, and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and their glory is in their shame, their minds on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body. By the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Therefore, church, whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. So Paul encourages here. He, he encourages the church to imitate him and others like him to walk according to the ways of Jesus. As Jesus tries to shape his life around the ways of Jesus, he's like, hey, you know what? As I chase Jesus, you know, imitate me as I imitate Christ, right? There are others as, as well. Uh, Jesus men and women, they are chasing after Jesus. You know what? Focus on them too. When I was uh, a middle schooler, football player, I got to go to a football camp. And there was a, a junior or senior in high school. He was really good at the position that I was playing, 
defensive end. And as a like a little you know middle schooler, it's like it's like yeah, I'm 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 trying to learn the position, you know, and I'm I'm trying to get my body fit and all of that, but I'm still just a middle schooler. But you know, I got to look up to that senior. He was so good. He went on to play college football. And you know what? At football camp, because they just put us all together, middle schoolers and high schoolers and all of that, I kept my eyes on him. His name was Brandon. And you know what? I just, just watching him play, his technique, like I just I was absorbing as much as I could. And you know what? Yeah, like that that following that the, the season, the upcoming season, I feel like I, I came back from football camp like so much better as a football player. So much better just from watching somebody so closely. How he bent his knees, his back was straight. How quick he was off the line. Like I just soaked it all up. And, and I, I think Paul, Coach Paul here, he's, he's telling us that. He's like, you, you know who the, who the Jesus people are. The, the people who are just a little bit further up the slope than you. Keep your eyes on them. They're imitating Jesus. Are they perfect? No, of course not. But as they imitate Jesus, right, they practice the ways of Jesus. Find, find who those people are. Find a brother, a sister, a church mom, a church dad. Find them out. Together, pursue Jesus. What's their technique? Are they quick off the line? <laughs> Paul states that there's enemies of the cross. Uh, there's still enemies of the cross today. But then Paul, he, he reminds the church, he reminds them, hey, your citizenship is in heaven. So let's just talk about that real quick. We're in Philippians, so this is the city of Philippi. Philippi was a, a, Ro a Roman colony. And uh, I believe most of the, the church there, they would have been Roman citizens. All right, Roman citizenship wasn't available for everyone. It was a special status, political status, a legal status. You know, having a Roman citizenship in those days, that was, that was certainly ideal. But again, not everyone uh, were citizens of Rome. And so uh, the Philippian church, they probably spoke Latin. They probably dressed like those in Rome. They, they practiced the ways of Roman culture. Now, one author writes, the function of a Roman colony is to bring the culture of Rome to the city. Okay? Philippi, a colony of Rome, was about, you know, the whole idea here is about bringing Rome to that part of the world. And the goal for the Philippians, those Philippian Roman citizens, is not to move to Rome... But once again, it's to bring the culture of Rome to Philippi. You got that? Bring all the benefits of home, of Rome, bring all the benefits of Rome to your little part of the world. You reproduce and you multiply Roman culture right there in Philippi and beyond. And so Paul uses this, this analogy, this, this example this concept of citizenship. It's a teaching device here. Church, as believers, our, our citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. But we're right here in Plymouth Meeting. All right. 
This is all about representation, though. Bringing the culture of heaven to earth. Colonizing earth with the life of heaven. And as Christians, we embrace both realities here, the physical and the spiritual, heaven and earth realities. We embrace both of these things. We are citizens of Pennsylvania, but we're also citizens of of heaven. Sociologists actually have a term for this. They call it double consciousness. And it's, it's not like split personalities or anything like that. But double consciousness is the ability to have, you know, two identities at the same time. We are hybrids here. Citizens of America, of Pennsylvania, of the world, but also citizens of, of heaven. And Paul is reminding us, we are citizens of heaven. And, you know, and just as Abraham, a long time ago, he, he was given this promise and Abraham looked forward to, you know, a, a future. Abraham was given hope, promised land. Like a stranger in a foreign country, he was looking forward to this future promise. And you know what? We too, we look forward to a future promise. That, that you know, God, God told Abraham, guess what? You're a citizen of this country. God tells us today, you're a citizen of heaven. And you're looking forward. You're, you're going to get there. But remember, remember that. Remember who, who you are here. And Paul reminds us that we, we wait. It's like we're, we're already there. And we wait for our Savior from there. And the good news is Jesus Christ will transform our bodies. The mortal will fade away. We will give an, an eternal body, a glorious body. We'll be changed, brand new. Glorified. 1 Peter 5, 4 says that when Jesus returns, we will receive an unfading crown of glory. Now here at the end, on the, on the backside of this message, what is our job? Philippians 4, 1 says to stand firm. To stand firm. And I, that might kind of conflict a little bit. We've been talking about being an athlete and running and all of that. I think a better translation is actually persist. Paul tells the church to stand firm, to persist, be disciplined. And if you have obtained Jesus, what does that mean? Well, well, first, keep pursuing Jesus. Know Jesus. Let Jesus shape your thinking. It's okay to have questions. What does Jesus think about this? Something complex in the news comes your way. What does Jesus think about this? Turn that into a prayer. Jesus wants to shape your mind and that involves knowing that, that involves knowing him. It also involves forgetting what is behind. So what does Jesus want to say to you today? How does Jesus want to shape your thinking today? Where does Jesus want you to show up today? Paul says, the Bible says, if you have obtained Jesus, then fear not. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord. Stand firm 
And do not submit to the yoke of slavery again. Stand firm and take up the full armor of God. Stand firm in one spirit, one mind. Strive side by side for the faith of the gospel. Stand firm in the grace of God. Stand firm. Persist. You're citizens of heaven. Keep running the race. Keep practicing the disciplines. If someone's a little bit further up on the slope and they have some good technique, imitate them. What are they doing? How are they filled with so much grace and love? How did they conquer so much darkness in their life? Just what, what we heard earlier. It's okay, it's okay to, to talk and not, not carry your, your burdens all by yourself because we're here for each other. And you know what? We've all gone through the same stuff. Some of the details might change, might change, but we, we really have all, we, we, we've all gone through the same stuff. We know what pain is. We know what joy is. We know what it's like to be anxious and confused. We're in this together. And so church, we, we compete together. Let's be the athletes who show up. Let's compete together as a team. And our prize is a person. It's Jesus Christ. Let's pray.